We're recording, and now I can keep it on this screen and make sure that we're recording the whole way through. It's a reassurance that we all need. Now I'm feeling good about it. And I'm feeling good. Oh, I thought you were going to go, I feel good. No, no, no. I, I want the Nina Simone. Yeah, no, no. I should, I should have, It was my mistake. <laughs> it was my mistake. You did not mistake your own. You did not have a mistake about your own um, references. Reeds drifting on by. You know how I feel. So anyway, hi, welcome to Mexico. Because we're Mexican. We just and we just can't. We cannot. We cannot. Today is another rainy. Evening. Yeah, and today I did not beat the rain getting here. Well, I kind of did. I wasn't soaked through coming here. He was just slightly moist. Exactly. Which Do is you the hate the word? Do you moist? hate the word moist? It's the most. I don't. I don't hate it. Either. I know a lot of people hate it. Like uh, I was watching a, a cooking video, a Bon Appetit cooking video, which big surprise. Uh, but she, the the cook Carla, she was talking about how people hate the word moist, but sometimes you have to describe things, and they are moist. They're not wet. They're not soaked. They're not. Well, a lot of people prefer the word damp. I think I I dislike the word damp. Oh, you dislike more. it? Well, I, I mean, like I hear damp and I he, and I imagine like you know like a like a filthy house with like mold on the walls. Like I hear moist and it's just like it's wet. So if someone tells me, if someone tells you at an Airbnb, like the room the room is a little bit moist. You have no problem with this, but if they tell you the no, room, because I understand room is a bit damp. Yeah, no, because I, you know, I hear moist. I feel it's just humid. You know, it's like a humid room. Fine, but if I hear damp, I'm like again. I think there's black mold in there somewhere. Not that I have anything against, <laughs> against any kind of mold color. Like it's, I don't see color. I just see mold. I, just, I, I look past the color of, of the course. mold. Green, yellow, black. It's all the same to me. I, I have exactly. lots of I have lots of, of, of friends, of, of friends who are molds of all kinds of, yeah. of, of I have some friends who colors. like coexist with mold. I have some friends who have the intellectual capacity of mold. Like it's yeah. just the same. I, we all know kind of all kinds Yeah, but of let's people. stop talking about me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, I hear it's, I hear it's, I think it's actually quite interesting uh, being because I'm, I'm a linguist and I, one of my one of the fields where I've done the most research and the most work on is the, the field of phonology and the um, the field of sounds and sound making, like mm-hmm. the human sound making for language. And the word moist, a, a lot of people, they cite the combination of sounds as something they hate because of the beginning with an M and then like there's the oi, which is this stiff thong that kind of sounds kind of... Like icky, Moi. and then they end with this combination of three consonants, which is like mo- no, just, uh, two just... consonants, moist, and you have to close it. But it's like one letter away from mist. And mist I agree. is a and nice mist, letter, mist a nice word. Other people, mist doesn't. And it's also a letter away from most. Yeah, I know. Most I mist agree. makes you moist. I am <laughs> very good. Here's the thing. Stephen okay, fine. Fry, just fine. right here. Just... Because here's the thing. Okay, I, I I don't I don't mind any issues with any of the sounds in the word moist. Like, like if you say moi, like that dip song, it's like I I don't care. Like I have friends named Moi. 
Moises, which is short for Moses in Spanish, but it's Moises. But damp, damp sounds like a bad, a bad rooming experience. Damp sounds like what it is. Exactly. Like it's one of those words that sounds like... Like if you tell me this, you know, like you have to keep the bread moist, I'm like, okay, cool, you know, like... Oh, not the bread, like the dough. Like yeah. you have to keep the dough moist for, you know, don't let it dry out. That's fine. But if you come, you have, you have to keep the dough damp. Like, no. Why would you keep the dough damp? <laughs> well, I, I don't know. You want to make bagels, I guess. I mean, you have to keep... Maybe. Maybe. You have to, anyway. I'm trying to make these bagels and they're, they're just too dry. They're too dry. Is there a word that you hate? Yes, there's actually a lot of words that lots of words that I, I just hate the sound of. Like um uh, I can't, why can't I think of, of any now? Uh in Spanish I have a lot a lot of words like Say one in Spanish. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember fuck. Like I just I have so many words that I, I hate the sound of. And I just wait. I had a teacher who hated the word, the word pulpo, which is octopus. I, I love the word. And she said, like, pulpo is such an awful word. I'm like, what's awful about the word? Like, there's nothing wrong with that. No, but octopus does sound more um, epic. Yes. Like, it's very it's very Latin. Yeah. You know, it's, it's actually Latin and Greek, but still. Like, octopus. The octopuses. Exactly. Yeah. Like, they, they named it Octopussy in the book. <laughs> like there's, there's a reason why they named it. Pulpussy wouldn't have worked. <laughs> <laughs> or Pussy Pulp. Oh, wait, wait. Maybe in Spain. Maybe in Spain they All translated. Right. They translated it's like Pulpussy. <laughs> you know what would have been worse? Like in, in Mexico, Pulpa Nocha. Pulpa Nocha. <laughs> Panocha is a word I kind of hate. Ah, me too. Me too. And, oh, okay, like, some words that I hate... Just so you know, panocha is a rude word for a vagina. Don't go telling that to Latino people you meet. It's not really that rude. It's more like... Like, childishly rude. Yeah. It's not like, yeah. Um... Some some words in Spanish that I hate when they become immediate... When when, when they become uh, the diminutive, I hate them immediately. Like, for example... Um, when people call each other flaquito. Oh, yeah. It just, like... I, I don't, I can't even, like, stand when they call me flaco. Flaco is already Which terrible. means... Flaquito, like, if, if, if you call someone flaquito, you're really just admitting that you're registered as a sex offender somewhere. Just, like, you're, you're being wanted by the authorities. Yeah, but flaco means thin, and flaquito means you're tiny and thin. I, my, to this day, when I go to Monterrey, uh, to visit my family in Monterrey... Uh, since there has always been someone older than me with my same name, I am Martincito in Monterrey. And I, I mean, I grew used to it. You know, when everyone you love in your extended family calls you Martincito, you kind of just grow accustomed to the whole thing, even though you're taller than all of them. Yes. Well, that's, that's who you're going to be. I mean, oh, by the way, I wanted to tell you something, uh, which I found uh, really funny. Uh, I was... For some reason yesterday, uh, we were talking about stuff, and uh, we started talking about Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, because I, I, I have a joke that sort of mentions, them, mentions it. Turns out that uh, someone there who was bilingual read both the English and Spanish version of Fifty Shades of Grey. And she said that the thing with the Spanish version and with most translations is 
since they were actually edited because they were they didn't have to deal with E.L. James. They were actually edited to be better. So most translations of Fifty Shades of Grey are better than the original Fifty Shades of Grey. Really? <laughs> Which I, I would, found I, hilarious. I would, I would actually challenge this person to find me like a passage or a page. Okay. A page, and you should ask this person, like, find us a page where in English this is just terrible writing. And then, of course, because it went through a translator, and we assume a translator that knows what, they do, what they're doing, and yeah. they studied some form of literature or whatever it is, and... And their name's going to be attached to Yeah, their name's forever. going to be attached. Or maybe they just want the satisfaction of jo- a job well done. Exactly. Which, don't we all, right? And uh, <laughs> Sometimes. Don't we all sometimes? <laughs> and I would like to see this because that could be like, actually, it could actually become like a meme of sorts. Like how things became better. Ooh. Like It was so terrible that all it needed was to go through another human being. Like, <laughs> literally just passing through the brain of another person and suddenly it's better. Oh, wow. Like, just basic cleanup, like a hanging pronoun yeah. here or there. You know, it's just like, oh, we're, we're just, we're just going to fix that right up, Mrs. James. So it's, Miss James. It's also know. 50 pages shorter, right? 50, but and, and 50 shades darker. <laughs> so anyway, uh, today we're not doing roasts. Today we're doing boasts. Boast. Explain the concept to our audience. Uh, I follow uh, Mara. I forget the, the, her last name, but she was the one that played Matilda in the movie. Mara Wilson. Mara Wilson, thank yes. you. And she was in a boast competition in New York City, which is the opposite of a roast competition. It's making jokes about other people, but building them up instead of tearing them down like the horrible people we are. So, do you want to go first or should I go first? You, you go first. You, you, you do the Okay, so, <clears throat> I would like to introduce, let me introduce my co-host. Uh, very much like white wine, uh, seeing Luis Augusto is exactly who... Oh my god. This Let's is tough. This is tough. One, one more time. Okay. Let me introduce my co-host. Is, 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 is saying nice things about me just, just like so terrible, so difficult to you? I say nice things about you all the time, but you're never there. So nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very much like white wine, uh, Luis Augusto is exactly who I want to see after a long day. And like his comedy, it's only going to get better with time. Oh, that's not a joke. That's just like, well, I thought it was funny. It was a nice thing to say, but wasn't it supposed to be funny as well? Well, you know. It's my first time doing it. Oh. It's my first time. It's my first time. I don't know what I'm doing. My friends at work say I'm hilarious. I've come here to show the world. I was going more for a first time in the bedroom kind of voice. And you immediately (laughs) went for something else. Everyone down at accounting says I'm hysterical. Uh, They do. They do. (laughs) They do. But of course, everyone down at accounting is dead inside. So like... When I just came down by I, falling over the stairs, they thought it was amazing. I would totally date an accountant. Oh, me too. It's like they've got the job and they can do your taxes and they're not going to be competitive with you because they've, they've I, lost I, all ambition. I am now kind of seeing... I'm, I'm, one of the guys that I'm kind of ha- have, have hopes for in the future, he's actually... I would like to just repeat that <laughs> word for word just for the sake of clarity I'm not going, and memory. I'm not going One to. of the guys that I am kind of seeing right now... <laughs> This is why I don't talk to you. This is this is what this is. You know, you know, he's special when he's described that way. You know. It's just anyway, he works in HR, and he actually has. Uh, I mean, he knew me from um, from 
some YouTube videos I did, but he has he has he hasn't seen in my stand up, and he doesn't want to see any of my stand up until like after he knows me better. And I find that to be good actually, because well. anyway, so <laughs> it's your turn. Okay, all right, I'm gonna try this. I've never done this. I'm trying this. It's my first time as well. <laughs> uh, so, Martin Leon, my co-host, my co-host Martin Leon. How can I? How can I describe Martin Leon? You know those terrible comedians. <laughs> you know those terrible comedians. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice here. You know those terrible comedians that just won't take the hint that they suck and they don't leave. They don't leave because Martin Leon is there. He's the guy still listening to them, too polite to tell them that they're about as wanted as pepper spray at a burn unit. <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. But I don't know if it was nice. Like it was, I, I was trying. It was. I mean, you're too polite. That's. I am. Thing. I am. No, actually, it is a problem because the last time <laughs> I did, I did uh, my workshop on Saturday. There was this guy who um, who did who did terrible. He started doing like he was going to do five minutes. I stopped him in two, and I just told him, "You don't have any jokes." And this is the first time like I've done this at the workshop, uh, li- literally. And I did it also very. Like, I'm usually more like, I'm going to stop you right there, because I think, you know, blah. And this time I was like, stop. There's no jokes. Like Stop in the name of love. In the name <laughs> of all that is good and pure. and Stop I'm, right there, criminal scum. Exactly. And people told me, like, that was kind of harsh. I'm like, I mean, you all, we all, we're all here. Like, nobody was laughing. We were, we were all just watching this horrible train wreck happen. And I, you know, part of the reason why... Why this workshop exists is to try and stop those train wrecks from happening. But yeah, I am, I am, I admit, I am. You're very, you're a very polite guy. Like you can always, you can always tell when a comedian is bad because only Martin Leon is talking to them. Like it's just, it's true, it's true. Like yeah. you have these comedians who are just they're trying so hard, and they. And this is why I don't go to the open mic so much because, like, like I feel so bad for them. And part of me is like going, like maybe, maybe, maybe. Because I've seen cases of comedians that start and then like for a year they're bad and then after a year something clicks and it's like, ah, think, something happened. So I also don't want to be, don't want to be like super uh, mean because I feel like maybe, maybe they do have it. They just need to like overcome something. And then like after a year, I'm like, yeah, maybe you should. Stop. No, I mean, you, and, and the, the fact remains that you're a genuinely nice guy. So you're not going to f- make people feel second rate. And... Stand-up comedy is such a is so vicious. It can be yeah. so vicious. Like if you if you if you do badly, you just know. Like Here's my problem, and maybe you have a way of, of, of solving this for me. Because like sometimes I hear what they're saying, and I understand the concept behind what they're saying, and I think the idea is good to the point that sometimes I'm like, once this guy leaves, I'm going to steal that idea because the idea is good. Um, and I won't because and the ulterior motive is revealed. I am a horrible person. Yes. No, but but so like so I tell them like maybe I don't like their jokes, but I tell them like, well I really like your idea, and I will not write jokes for them. So like I like this idea that you're working with. I think just you need to be clear in like how you uh, execute the idea, execute yeah. it. So do you think I'm just like wasting my breath and no, time? No, the thing is okay. You, you're in a you're in a you're in, t- in a tight spot for a number of reasons. One. You, you're experienced. You're more experienced than most comedians in the scene. You, you were, you were there. 
He was starting with comedy when most of us were like, what, what, stand-up what? Like, can, can that even be done here? You know, that sort of thing. And that's one. And you do have a workshop. And it's one of the, like, a lot of people talk about your workshop because your workshop is not, like, um, it's not it's not like one of the big expensive workshops, but it's kind of like the, it's known as the friendliest one. You know, yeah. it's just like, you know, it's not a boot and, camp. And I did try to make it that because I don't think we win anything by being awful to each other in general. Like, no, 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 and, and I agree. And then you know, you, you have a you have a manner about yourself that people will just they will not feel too judged about you know too judged by you, and they like it when you like. Even when I've been to your workshop a couple of times, and I've heard you give negative feedback, which is sometimes necessary, not not destructive, <laughs> but negative. Yeah, like this thing is not working. And even when you're telling someone that something doesn't work, you always begin by saying. I appreciate the effort that you put into this. Or <laughs> I can see that you're on to something great, but instead of just like, I know so many people and they're not ill-meaning people that just be more blunt about it. They would just go like, abandon this idea. There is nothing here. Like just stop. And I've never seen you do that. Maybe you've done it. I think, times, no, I, I think I should be more like that. Like at least with some ideas where I'm like, yeah, this idea, it's either, it's either I've heard it a million times before, you're not really, like, mining in a place where you, any... I mean, this is tilled soil to the point where, you know, we've tilled it, we, you know, we harvested, we burnt the ground, we waited a few years, There's tilled again. There's a cathedral again. on it. Exactly. You know, it's, it's yeah. you know, like, I'm sorry. But anyway, so... Uh, I want... No, this is a question for another podcast. Anyway, okay. Uh, so today's Mexican stereotype. I love this one. Yeah, today we're going to talk about the Mexican thing of some of several grown-ups <laughs> dressing as children for the purpose of comedy. Not always comedy. Sometimes just having a Sunday show that lasted for like uh, a hundred and a half, um, and that I feel like a lot of people see Mexican TV and they're like, why are all these adults, why are all these grown-ups dressed as children? And they are like, they're not even pretending to like, because like, uh, uh, yeah, Chespirito dressed as a Chavo del Ocho and he wasn't in any way pretending to, you know, it was just the clothes and then you just see this really, this older guy. Very old. Very old guy. And he kept on dressing as him for a while and you just saw him and at one point you're like, is this a fetish? It, oh, <laughs> I hadn't considered that, and now I just. <laughs> and now, and now you feel dirty. The cast, the cast parties must have been like. Oh my god! You know, and you had because you had in, in that show you had uh, at least four people dressed as uh, you had. That um... you had everyone actually because didn't they have like the school setting where all yeah. the other students who all the other room. Actors who were not pretending to be... I mean, the only one who never pretended to be a child was the, the guy who, who was the teacher. And the mother. No. The oh, mother... She was... She was also one of the... One of the, I saw one of the, the children in... One of the children at school. Class, I didn't know that. Yes, she was, I mean, a minor character. But the, the teacher was the only one that was... He existed in the oh multiverse. Like, he existed in both settings. Oh, my God. Like, and, and it's like, the, that child looks like El Chavo Locho's mom. Maybe El Chavo del Ocho has a lost sister. 
Maybe. My Who fanfic knows? brain is just going. But Sienna, you should write a, fan, uh, a Chavo de Locho fanfic. I won't. Give it a go. That is not a... That Give is not, it a bash. That is not a fandom I'm interested. But also we had Chabelo. Chabelo, uh, what's the name of the guy? Do you know that? Uh, Something? Javier, I think. Th- th- Javier. Javier? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Javier. So anyway, Chabelo was this show on Sundays. Javier Lopez Rodriguez. Okay, it was this show. On, it was a... It was a it was a family show. It's called In Familia con Chabelo, and it was it had like contests, and it had like sketches, and it had like you know songs and merriment. I love that word, merriment. I hate it. I hate the word. I hate the concept. I just I can't I cannot I cannot use it without being ironic. It's just like general merriment. You, you know that's going to be a terrible party. Like, you know why? Because like one of the one of the one of the people, well, one of the characters I've heard say "general merriment" is Eeyore from the. Eeyore. From, and actually, I read I read it in one of the story the original story. So anyway, um, uh, I'm gonna I'm just gonna change subjects here for a second. I saw the new Dark Crystal series, and my favorite quote in that whole series is one of the Skeksis is. Uh, Going in his, about in his lab, and he just goes, I am with, I am without a doubt the most abused creature in all of Thra. And I'm like, mood, mood. That is the mood. That's me. I am. He didn't say indubitably. He said some, some other, some, some other word that it was like, without a doubt in one word, I am the most abused creature in all of Thra. And I'm like, yes. Yes, every time I have any minor inconvenience, I'm like, I cannot open this jar of mayonnaise. I am, without a doubt, the most abused creature in all of this godforsaken planet. Yes. It's just, oh. I, I, <laughs> that, it, it hits so close. Just like, it's too, it's, this is going to be a bleak one. I can just see it happening. We can tell. So anyway, uh, did you see... Uh, Chabelo when you were growing I, up? I, I was aware of him. I was aware of him and, and every, I, I may have switched into that, you know, into, like hopped There was into nothing else to see at the moment. Well, I, yeah, If you I, were I, awake, you probably weren't watching it. You know what? We had a VCR. I mean, we, we had that luxury. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just revealing my privilege, but we did have a VCR with, you know, movies and we would I watch. like that for a, for a, like, stand-up comedy hour for you. Like, that the name. Revealing my privilege, Luis Augusto. I don't need to reveal <laughs> my privilege. In this country, I don't. No, no but we, like, I, I never really watched, uh, Sunday, Sunday morning TV. Like, it was, oh, no. in my house, first of all, you were not allowed to make any noise before noon. Because my mother would wake up late <laughs> and she was like, don't you fucking kids wake me up. Don't you dare. Don't you just like, had it with you all week. This is the day where I can just fucking sleep. So there was no noise allowed. And also I had a TV in my room and most of my time was spent either watching, you know, things on, on the VCR or playing video games. So yeah, once just- once we had uh, video games, uh, we, that kind of, well, no, because like... Sunday breakfast was usually a family thing in my, like, and my dad is an early riser, which fucks the rest of us. So, like, it was 8 a.m. any day, like, it was 8 a.m. Sunday or or Saturday. He was already up doing shit. And then by 9 a.m., he expected all of us to be awake and, like, doing something, even if that was just staring at my wall. Let's go to church, everyone. We never went to church. Well, no, we went on Christmas. Christmas and New Year's, that was the thing. That's the thing <laughs> average Catholic families do yes. in Mexico. You go to church on Christmas, 
and New Year's, and maybe for someone like, dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. A wedding. A wedding, or like maybe if you know, like your grandma is very religious, so for her birthday we all go to church. Oh, fun! Yay! Well, you know. Well, that's why grandmother died alone. <laughs> I don't think my family and I ever sat down for breakfast. Like that was You're not kidding. a thing. No, no, that was not a thing because uh, everyone just got up at their own time, and I learned to work the kitchen since I was like eight. So when I was you know, when I was eight, I just like my parents kind of wow. trusted me to to fix breakfast for me and my sister, which wasn't really a very elaborate affair. It was just like I don't know, French toast <laughs> or like eggs or I don't know. Still, like nowadays, like hearing about an eight-year-old cooking makes people oh yeah, that's nervous. So, it's so neglectful for those parents to have. They're that. like, how can you allow your kid to be close to fire? I know. I no I, nothing my, have happened. To me. No. Yeah, well, I mean, you you look okay. I, I inhaled that gas every Sunday morning, and I grew up just fine. I'm, <laughs> I'm fine. There was hardly no. any brain damage, according no, to the doctors. No, like, uh, like Saturday and Sunday. Saturday, not so much. Like, Saturday, like, my parents, like, get meh. But Sunday breakfast was a thing. Like, it was a thing. It's a very Mexican thing. I know I know a lot, a lot of my friends are talking like about Like, one time, like, the first time I had my first really awful hangover in high school. Uh, no, actually, yeah, I was like... I was, it was high school. Uh, it, like, I arrived at Saturday, 5 a.m., I went to bed, and my, and my dad, like, came and, like, it's breakfast ready. And I'm like, yeah, no, this is not happening. And, like, they came, like, five times, and I'm like, this is not happening. You have to sit down with us. Yeah, it's basically. the opposite of me. Basically, girls. basically. And you must sit with us. <laughs> you must. And then, like, my, my mom came and, like, she threw down the gauntlet, uh, quote-unquote, and she was like, if you, like, because they had bought barbacoa, so like, if you don't come oh, right God. now... If you, if you don't come right now, you will not have abacoa. And I was like, I'm not going to have abacoa. It's fine. And I think I kind of broke my parents' heart for the first time. My stomach just no, churned. You don't like barbacoa? I hate barbacoa, but the very idea of being hungover and then your family waking you up at 9 a.m. to eat goat well, is just like, <laughs> no. It's wrong. No, well, now when, when, when my friends and I are over and we're together, we usually go to Barbacoa place to have uh, the, um, the I can't broth, eat when I'm broth. hungover. I can't eat when I'm hungover. I can, I can have water and Alka-Seltzer <laughs> up until like three. And then I'll have some <laughs> breakfast at three. And it'll be like I'm, some Philadelphia on toast. I have a hard time thinking when I, when I can't eat. Like, there's a very few things that will stop oh, me Oh, God. Oh, no, the whole idea of, oh, I'm hungover, I need chilaquiles. What? No. Oh, like, my God. Oh. It's amazing. I love chilaquiles. I love them. They're one of the, like, the greatest inventions known to man. But not when you're hungover. Because let me tell you, hungover is just a nice way of saying I've poisoned myself. Yes. And my body has been poisoned. and Lightly poisoned. Lightly poisoned. But still, <laughs> I've poisoned myself and my body is telling me put nothing in your mouth until the toxins have left I, I can't I can't deal with it but the thing is my with my family we never ever like sat down to have the, the Mexican breakfast but my, my father never hung out on, on the week at the weekends because he was a teacher but he was also an avid tennis player oh so he would wake up yeah I oh god my privilege again no, 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 I wasn't making a comment on that. No, but I sound no, like, like a snob now. It's like, oh, every morning he would go down to the yard club and have a round of tennis <laughs> with Winston and Crawford. Exactly. And then they now would... we learn that you weren't actually cooking the breakfast. It was no. your butler. One of them, yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you were your own butler. The breakfast butler. <laughs> <laughs> we had a dedicated butler for breakfast. breakfast. No. no, but my, my dad would go on to have to, to, to play tennis with his friends, and then he would have breakfast with his friends, so he would be a no-show up until lunchtime. And then my mum would be asleep. So it was just my sister and I. My sister is two years younger than me. So... Uh, I would just fix breakfast and we would just like eat like it would be like something really simple. And then she would fuck off to do whatever. We would play something. We would watch a, a movie like Aladdin for the umpteenth VCR, time. VCR in case you've yeah. forgotten. VCR. And that was it. Like we never had, we never sat down for breakfast. We we rarely sat down. The only meal. We rarely we, sat down at all. We rarely sat down for a meal like for lunch during weekdays because we would get home from school and we'd have lunch. With, and that was my dad who would cook lunch. Here's the thing, like, for example, uh, and now with your boyfriend, do you, do you sit down for, like, meals? Do you have, like, dinner together? We do have dinner breakfast together. Breakfast together? Yeah, yeah but no, we don't have breakfast together because I'm, I'm a teacher, so I wake up way earlier than he does. Wow. And I have my breakfast in my car. Like, when I'm driving to work, I've, 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 I've come to the, for many years I had no breakfast at all. Like for many years my, I had two meals, like lunch and dinner. And that made me gain a lot of weight. I'm talking, I was weighing, what about, like 210 pounds. That was a lot. Yeah. And, um, and then I started having breakfast and hey, I started losing weight. And now I just like, I have, I'll have like a fiber bar cereal thing and a bit of yoga and I'll have that in the car, like, On, on the way to work. On the way to work. I feel so, like, I, I mean, I don't have a car now, but, like, eating on the way to places, I feel so bad doing it. Oh, like, I feel I don't it's the like... pinnacle of efficiency in this city. Maybe, but I, I'd rather wake up half an hour earlier. Oh, just, you don't know. Yes, but you don't wake up at six. No, I don't. I wake up at six. No, I don't. But, for example, like, uh, when I was with, with my last boyfriend, like, because he had an actual office job. Uh, and like he would wake up and he was this person, like he would just eat on the way to work. And for me, that was like, you know, I could just wake up and make you breakfast. Oh, you were, <laughs> you were a very happy house pal, weren't you? I am. I am. But also I didn't have anything to do after cooking breakfast for example. I did. Good morning, my love. There's a cherry pie cooling in the window. <laughs> just like, uh, Well, I mean, I, I thought, you know, like, because I, I feel that it's not, like, for example, when I, when I lived with my roommates, like, I liked having lunch and dinner with my roommates. And, like, if that meant that I had to cook lunch and dinner for my roommates, they weren't complaining, I'll tell you that. No, no, I'm sure you're, you're a very good cook. But there is, there is something to be said about sharing a meal, but just... With my family, we were basically wild animals. We never, we never really sat down to do like, play tennis. To do <laughs> my father played tennis, but we didn't. But um, did you have never get have tennis lessons or something? No, no I didn't. I, I played with my dad. He taught me like the basics. The basics. And we, like maybe we played like ten matches in a like in our ten lives. Years. Yeah. <laughs> no, anyway. So, so that was the Mexican stereotype. Of yeah, the day. Like, we didn't even talk about it. So, okay, so basically, the Mexican stereotype is we have a lot of Mexican comedians who find that their shtick is dressing as a child when they're a really old guy. So Chabelo yeah. is this guy who is now 84 years old. His show called En Familia con Chabelo, which was uh, which happened on Sundays, uh, was broadcast every Sunday morning on Televisa. It it was the show consisted. Of contests with people from the audience, gifts and games, and was mainly for children. It ended 
On Sunday, December the 20th, 2015, after 47 years 47 running, years. 47 yeah. years. It took forever. And everyone's just like having this meme going on of Chabelo's going to live forever. And it's like, he's 84. He really isn't. Like, oh, well, he's yeah. And then what I hate the most about it is like when he finally dies, I'm going to hate his guts because of all the memes. Everyone's just going to... I do think that whenever whenever Chabelo dies, uh, there, it's going to be the first time that Mexico kind of pauses for... Five minutes before posting a meme about someone dying. No, <laughs> no, they will. I feel you, the do shock. You want to bet? I feel the shock waves will be that big. Do you big. want to I bet? I do not want to. I don't want to lose that bet. No, but also there's this girl. This He's w- gonna die, and we're gonna show up at the open mic that week. And I yeah. will bet you. Yeah, no, it's gonna. Ten happen. out of twenty comedians at the open mic are gonna be doing like Chavala died. Huh. And uh, that is a great segue <laughs> for today's topic. Yes. Oh. Today we're we're talking about bad comedians, not bad comedy, mind you, bad comedians and comedy, whatever their gender. And comedy and what they do. You know, yeah, bad comedians what, will do bad comedy. I don't think that there can be one with the, without the other, right? Can it, can that I mean, sometimes they don't even do comedy at all, you know? It's like you, well, you can, bad comedy. <laughs> I mean, you know, when you're not doing comedy, you're doing bad comedy. I mean, if you, if you get a surgeon and he... Doesn't do surgery. He's a pretty bad surgeon. It's like doctor. Do you want to I'm make working, an incision? I'm work, speaking of surgeons and comedy, I'm working. I have this idea, which I say, well, it, it's for a tweet, really. Uh, I say like, like good com- good doctors are like vampires. They won't go into without permission. They co- won't come in. Witches. That's witches. No, right? it's vampires. It's I vampires. Mean, vampires. You have to it. invite them in. Exactly. Okay. So, like, a good surgeon is like a vampire. You have to tell him you can come in. Because otherwise, he's Except just... Except they don't. They don't. No, if you have a terrible accident right now and you're unconscious, they will take it to the ER uh, and they will cut you open without the slightest hint of permission. Well, maybe they'll ask, like, a family member. If they can. But if they can't, they're instructed to save lives first, ask questions later. So yes. if you have if you have a terrible accident, I had not thought through. of that particular scenario. So no, Martin, bad well. comedy. That's a bad. <laughs> That's just it's just not working. It's not working. It's not working. So bad comedy, bad comedians. Why do you want to talk about you? Why do you want to talk about bad comedy? Oh, because I'm just oh yesterday. Because it's a thing we have. Yesterday I went to this thing, which is an open mic, a special kind of open mic, uh, sponsored by one of the better known comedy production houses here in Mexico called Casa Comedy. And they did this thing called Idolos del Open Mic, or Open Mic Idol, which sounds so, like... It's like, you get it now. It's so derivative. <laughs> you get it's it so now. It's so derivative now that I translated it. It's like, oh, I see what they were doing. Yeah. It didn't work. But still, they did this thing where basically you were supposed to, like... All the, all, you know, anyone could show up. And that, that was the first problem. The first problem was w- with their advertising. It said, I, I'm paraphrasing, but it said, you know, do people in HR think you're funny? You know, does your boyfriend say you're a cracker? Just, just like, does everyone think you should do comedy? You should come down to this place and have five minutes to make people laugh. And... The problem was that, you know, and it's the same problem I have with many open mics here in Mexico City, which is the fact that you'll have all these people who clearly have no day job, which makes me wonder, what are they doing for a living? Because clearly it's not how comedy. Are you, how are you alive? How are you alive? Because it's clearly not they comedy. They live with their parents. They live with it. Right. 
Again, that's because my parents are wild animals in the moment. <laughs> the moment I was able to they work for myself. They threw you out of the nest. They like. didn't throw me out. They, they never threw me out. They changed the locks when you were but out. When I, when I turned 18, they were like, okay, you can eat here and you can sleep here. Everything else is up to you. That was my parents. Yeah, that's fine. It's just like, we're, we're done. This business relationship. Did they pay for college? Pay. No. How did you pay for college? I went to a free college. And then whenever I had special things happening, I either got a scholarship or paid it for myself. Oh, wow. Right, yeah. When I was like, I want to do a master's, my dad was like, that sounds great. Have you got any savings? And that's why your comedy is good. Is it? Because I paid for my things. I don't know. I don't know if that's why my comedy is good. That's I de- think definitely that, why my bank account is empty. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. Like... I don't want to do. I want. I, I don't want to do generalizations. Of course you do. You're a comedian. Uh, but here's the thing. I do think that when you are in a position where where you have to do good, otherwise you're not gonna pull ahead. Then you're gonna do good. No. Well, I mean, maybe no matter what. But but like for example, uh, there's a comedian here called Kiki's. Well, she, her name is Carla Leon. Right. Her name's not actually Kiki's, but she, she, she had a little, um, a little, uh, company, uh, selling pet food. And she would like take it to your house and everything. She was, I was like actually one of her, one of her clients and I was really sad when she stopped. And she stopped because she said, I want to company to work. So she basically, uh, closed the, the company, she, whatever things she had, like she made it so that if she did not make comedy work, that month she would be she wouldn't she would be unable to pay them for the rent of her of her rent that month and she lit a fire she didn't even light a fire she lit a whole salem witch hunt under her own ass and did it and um so i of course haven't done that but when people tell me like oh my god like who could do that i'm like well you know she did it she did it but she must have had some indication that she had a future in comedy of course. She would never have done that without having an indicate, without having some kind of. Yeah, by the, by the time she did it, she, she was good enough to the point you, you, you thought, yeah, she could. Yeah, totally. I agree. Which with is, you. yeah, I mean, if someone, so, some people have asked me, like, have you considered doing comedy full time? I'm like, I'm not even at that point yet, but if I ever, I'm... if I ever do, and I'm not saying I won't, but if I ever do, it'll be because I can see, I, like, the people around me responding positively to my comedy enough for, for me to pay rent. Don't you see the people? I, I honestly think you enough could... Enough for me to pay rent. I, I, I honestly think you could do Like, you could get enough private gigs and everything. I honestly think you could. I think I, I might, but it's, I'm not at that point yet. And, I mean, I don't think it's going to... If it's going to... Like, one thing is just being able to pay rent and, you know, like, instant noodles for a month. And another thing is living with the, you know, with the... Whatever. I don't know how much. With the luxuries I'm accustomed to. Exactly, with your tennis lessons. Well, I don't take your, tennis lessons, but I am And your breakfast butler. Look, I am not a snob. The luxuries I'm accustomed to are like having food in the fridge, and you know, except my fridge is empty right now, but that's because I've been too lazy to do the shop. But, you know, having food in the fridge, being able to order Uber Eats once a week. Okay. Like, because that's, uh, you were talking about sitting down for breakfast. Me and my boyfriend, our breakfast is whoever wakes up first on Sunday, orders chilequiles from our favorite place, and wakes up the other guy when they arrive. Aww. And we don't leave the bed. Aww. We eat in the bed because we're pigs and we don't give a 
fuck. Imagine your Eating OTP. Eating in bed is wonderful. It's glorious. It's glorious. And it's just like... And we don't even bother taking away the, 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 the bags. Like, when we're done, we just put everything... Like, the containers, we just put them back in the bags. We just throw it kind of out of the way, and we will fall right back asleep. Of course. You just, you just say chilaquiles. Why wouldn't you? I, I have to admit, that sounds amazing. I wouldn't be able to do it, because I cannot... Like, I... like I, 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 I Because I, I live in my own... I, I, I'm a prisoner of my own brain, which means I would have to take the trash somewhere else. Oh, no. But... Uh, but that sounds amazing. It's wonderful, yeah. But yeah, like okay. So basically, going back to the subject of bad comedies. Yes, yes, right now, right now we're like just going everywhere. This is, <laughs> and I don't have alcohol this time. This which... <laughs> is Segway galore. Segway station. Uh, Segway station. <laughs> this is a northbound service too. In a certain Segway way, station. any station is a Segway station. Ah. <laughs> Is it though? No. Yeah, because like you, only if, if they cross lines. No, because if you're in any station. This is another segue. Stop it. We're doing this again. God damn it. <laughs> Let's talk about the dynamics of subway transportation. <laughs> anyway, what's the nicest subway you've been to? No. So anyway, I was at this thing, and they marketed it as you know. Uh, do people think you're a cracker? You really should come here and do the thing. And then you had these comedians who uh, turned up. This is no joke. They turned up. They told me because a friend of a friend of mine. Well, not a friend of mine, but someone I know. You um, told them they were funny. Like I'm here because you told no, me I was funny. I've never told anyone they're funny. Never <laughs> shall I be quoted. This is true. Never shall I be quoted telling. Oh, you're funny. You should say that again. I, I've never said that. But the thing is. Uh, people were showing up at one in the afternoon when the show started at nine. Oh yeah, because you had to be there like early for the like like how it used to be with the most popular open mic where you had to like even now in the Monday open mic people arrive, arrive like at five even though it starts at ten. So like they were there from super early in order to snatch a place. There's in here. There, and again, if you're there at one p.m., you're not writing comedy. No, but I, I am wondering what are you doing. For, for a living living with your parents apparently and just living off them because here in Mexico we have no sense of dignity it's like oh yeah I'm 25 and living off my parents like how dare you but still whatever you know what whatever your family dynamics your business but they show up pretty early and this open mic had the added spice of people having hopes and dreams because in a regular open mic, what are you hoping for, really? You're kind of hoping to make people laugh, kind of... You, you're hoping to not eat copious amounts of shit. Not eat copious amounts of shit and maybe make a couple of friends. Maybe have someone walk up to you and say, I like your stuff, kid. That's not how you That's make friends. Stuff, That's, how That's how I make friends. Because I, no, seriously. That is how I make how I made every single stand-up friend I've got. Okay. I went to open mics, they liked my comedy, and they walked up to me and they said, I like your stuff, kid. Like, Escalante, who is one of the more established comedians. He, nobody knew me, and he was one of the first people to talk to me because he came up to me and was like, this is because good Because you have good stuff. Yeah, but that's the thing. I mean, that's all you can hope for. Or me, at least. I think, that, I think that's the best case scenario yeah, the best when case you're scenario. starting at an open mic. Someone saying, you did good. Yeah, that was a good set. Exactly. That was a good set. Especially even, someone that you might even, you know, like, know from their own stuff. And maybe someone you don't, but they'll come up to you and they'll go, oh, that's a good set. Yeah, but best case scenario, it's like, yeah. you know... Best case scenario. So, in this, so, in this, in this case, there, there, there were, there were higher stakes. Dreams of fame, because 
If you win, because it's a contest, and if you win, you get to go on the Casa Comedy Fest, which is a very big comedy festival with some really big it's names. It's the first. It's the first Casa Comedy Fest. I think it's the second one. Oh. I think I'm not sure. Uh, I might. I might be lying. Maybe they've they've been doing it for years, and I, I, I don't <laughs> even know. But the thing is, they they, they got this really uh, famous comedian. Um, Alexis Dan. Alexis Dan that hosting. The who's film, on Netflix? Who's on Netflix? Don't. Watch, I don't, don't recommend. Watch her special. It was better. On, it was better life. But I anyway. like her. I like her. I don't know. She's she a, is funny. She's hilarious. I don't know what happened between the recording and the every editing. That it was a terrible like. special. It was a terrible. So special, anyway, she was hosting. Amazing. Juan Carlos Calante was also a pretty big deal. It was also hosting, and as you said, uh, it's this kind of a tournament thing where. The best, it's going to be like a, for a month, I think. Yes. And the best uh, of each uh, Wednesday open mic are going to all like go head to head on one last open mic in order to see who's going to be in the Casa Comedy uh, Fest. Absolutely. And hey, we all have hopes and we all have dreams. The thing is, you had so many, and, and this is a special open mic because people are given little like signs. Like one has a tomato and the other one has like a little peace sign. And the peace sign means you're doing well, and the tomato means you're doing terrible. So when you start doing your thing, you see the signs going up and down, kind of people deciding, and all, all around the place, and the place is kind of long, wise, so you can see the whole yeah. audience. And so many people had these hopes, and I had this guy, I didn't, I don't even know who he is, I don't even know his name, but he came up to me and said like, oh, hi, I really like your comedy. I was like, oh, thank you, that's very nice of you to say. And I wasn't, I wasn't an arsehole or anything. And he was like, are you going on today? I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, wow, that's one place less for me. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I mean, if you, I mean if if that, feeling if, sorry for yourself. If, exactly. Like, if that's what I hate, I hate that with a lot of, and, and honestly, like one, I, that's what a lot of people like. It's like you go and it's like, oh, I'm going after this or before this. It's like the only thing you can do, the only, the one thing you can control in a comedy show is your own time slot. Well, in you can't that poison the rest of the people. You can, but it's like, it's very, it's, it's very gosh. Poison is expensive these days. Like, it is. Well, I mean, depends on what kind of poison. I mean, untraceable poison. The good poison. Exactly. The good poison. I mean, because like, if you don't care. What did you poison him with? Fire. <laughs> <laughs> what are you poisoning him? Smoldering charcoal. That was my poison. So anyway, um, where was I? Uh, yeah, so hey, this so, happened. But, but, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh. Segue into. Yeah, I'm gonna, se no, I'm gonna go back to the original thing. Cause you, you were talking about this competition. And so what, like, who was the worst? What was the, what were the worst examples of people in this competition? Like, wh what were they bringing? It was a ter it was terrible because yeah, you could tell that a lot of these people were here simply because they arrived early. And some of them, they were openly saying, this is like my second time on stage. And I'm like, why are you competing? Why are you competing? I mean, you may have really high hopes. And that was the thing. Normally, I have this thing where if I see a comedian fail, I have a mini anxiety attack. I feel very empathetic towards them. I feel like, oh my God, please, you poor guy. Like, I want to hug them even though I hate touching people. But like, I, I want to... I feel terrible for them. But yesterday, there was a certain degree of hubris about the thing. Like, all I need to do is to be seen. Mm -hmm. And then every comedian in the room will go, stop this thing. This guy's the guy we've You're been looking for. You're going to go straight for. to the headlining one of the shows we've in the comedy. We've been looking for you. You know, yeah. the comedian Mexico has been waiting for. And you have... And the good thing about it was that people, if they raised enough tomatoes, uh, they would just 
even after 30 seconds, you would be booed off stage. And I like that because it made it quick because there were 25 of us. Yeah, that made, that made it so that you didn't have to hear like five whole minutes of someone just going... Now, here's the standard. I'm going to tell you about the standard last night. There were 25 of us. Yes. The only, uh, you know, in order to be to qualify for a vote, for, a, for an audience vote at the end, the only thing you needed to do was to complete your five-minute set. And how many finished? Seven. That's a little bit over... That's like a little bit over 20%. Seven people completed their five-minute set. I'm not saying they all were great. So you thought, so in, so you think that it should have been, cause this, like, this is what I was talking about. Like, I, I think that someone who isn't a comedian competing there isn't doing bad comedy. He's just not doing comedy. No, but so what you're doing, so you're saying is there should have been a, like a filter. No, here's the thing. It's an open mic. I'm all for people just... Yeah, but it's an open mic in which Casa Comedy Fest is looking to have people going to their festival. My biggest my biggest problem here is the complete lack of self-awareness and the complete lack of humility in saying, I'm not at this level yet. The fact that you can doesn't mean that you should. Mm-hmm. And you can, you can say, oh, but if they're not comedians, then they're not really doing comedy. Right. But if I dress as a neurosurgeon... And I go to an OR, and for some reason, people will let me in because I'm a pretty good actor, pretty convincing. So I could just go in and like, yes, I am a neurosurgeon. Hand me the scalpel. And yeah, I but, just yeah, but start you, but, performing neurosurgery. I'm going to kill this guy. Yeah, but if you, you, you just said it. If for some reason people let you in. That's what I'm asking. So you think it should have been a, like a better filter before the... No, I think it should be... I think I, I blame it on the comedians. I don't blame it on the show. I don't blame it on the show at all. I blame it on the show because Casa Comedy Fest was outwardly saying we wanna we wanna have people on our Comedy Central on our Casa Comedy Fest. Yes. So if you do an open mic for that, yeah, of course, it's like doing an open casting for like being the next lead on a movie, the next Marvel movie. Well, let's not, gonna... let's not sell them that well. I mean, Casa Comedy is a deal, but it's not like. Okay, you know, fine. It makes you or breaks you. No, of course. But what I was saying is, like, if you do that, of course you're going to have thousands of people going that they don't have any acting experience, they don't have any chance, they don't right. have anything. They're just there to, like, do two seconds and then the producer will go, no, goodbye. Yeah. So, like, in a way, I do think that it was that it was more the casting call. That it was more the problem of how the How they contest, presented themselves as a contest. Because if you're going to do an open mic, as you say... Anyone's gonna go and go and go. And open mics are for like, like I wouldn't. If you're gonna treat it as an open mic, well, you also have people not don't know shit going to an open mic and trying stuff and yes. failing. Yes, and so many people did. And that and my my biggest my biggest gripe was just like people being like weirdly competitive and passive aggressive. Like when this guy came up to me, I was like, oh, that's one less one less less I can have. Like I was doing something wrong. And I was just like, I'm not taking anything from you. No. It's not like it's unfair for me to be here. I'm starting same as you. Like a lot of these comedians, they've been doing this for more than a year. Yeah, so but it's, it's, not a, like it's, it's to, awful thing. Feel sorry for yourself. It's this awful thing some people do, which is you know, it's like it's easier to bring other people down. Like yeah, it's easier to bring other people down than to raise yourself up. No, but I wasn't being, that's, that's my biggest problem. I wasn't being brought down. I was just being, being treated like it's so unfair that you're allowed to be here. But now you said that the, the, the one of the girls who won, you were, you were angry that she had been, like she's been doing comedy for a while too. I, I wasn't. A longer while. The th- here's the thing. 
the girl who won, who, by the way, is amazing. She yeah. is so, so good. Uh, Isabel Fernandez. She's an amazing comedian. I've, I've seen her act. I, 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 she, I haven't seen her that frequently, but I, sh- I had a show with her and Monica Escobedo about like two or three months ago. And that was the first time I saw her. She did a 10 minute set. She brought the house down. Okay. It was tight. It was funny. It was intense. She was great. And you are angry that she went to the, I'm not to the angry. Open I'm not angry. I, I was think... here. I was here a while ago. You were angry. I wasn't angry. I was just, don't put words <sighs> in my mouth. You don't get to tell me how I feel. I wasn't angry. I just thought that she does. She, didn't, she didn't need it. Well, if she wasn't invited to the Casa Comedy Fest, but she wanted to be in the Casa Comedy Fest, then she needed to go through a place that will get her into the Casa Comedy Fest. And if a competition is how you get into the Casa Comedy Fest, then that's what you need to do. Actually, yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. I take it back. <laughs> I take it back completely. It was just, yeah, but I didn't come to her. I didn't go to her and say, oh, it's so unfair that you're here. Yeah, no. She went in. She did really well. She got first place. Yeah. And... Deservedly, okay. deservedly, and I was very happy, and I was very happy. But what was it that made you so angry about those? Okay, that I, most I, comedians suck. Okay, yeah, they but, were terrible. Okay, so what? But isn't that a thing? Like, I when a comedian, when, when a new person just goes on stage, tries to do stand up, does not do stand up, just like goes like, and then my mom used to say that I was funny, and you're like, well, they're not doing stand up. They're just not doing stand up. <laughs> my mom used to say, I like, she doesn't say it anymore. No, she's changed. Not anymore. She's changed her mind since. Well, you know, you know, <laughs> you know, it, that, that little act of, you know, just pouring cereal over yourself, it, lo- <laughs> it, it, it kind of. It kind of loses, you know, once you're five, it stops being kind of charming for But my adults. mom thinks I'm hilarious. At least. <laughs> but I mean, but that's the thing. Like, I don't... Okay, so quick. So here's the question. Yeah. What do you think makes a bad comedian? I think stand-up is first and foremost about honesty. Okay. Good stand-up needs honesty. Honesty with the audience, honest, honesty with yourself, honesty with your own material, like writing things that are genuinely about you, not necessarily about your life. You don't have to be self-referential. A lot of us, like I am a very... Yeah, honesty doesn't yeah. mean like I'm going to only... Talking go, about your life and you, talking about yourself. I'm not going to edit my anecdotes. Like you can, like, it's just, you have, there has to be a... An honesty, yes, yes. There has to be an honesty. Like, for example, you, you, you do a bit of self-referential comedy. Like you have some bits that are based on your own experience. Yes. You're more of a train of thought kind of comedian. Like, oh, the other day I was thinking, and then you go off onto this, like, trucks of dick. <laughs> Martillon has a wonderful trucks of dick joke. That I'm you gonna, hold dicks. That I want to... One day, one day we have to do a dick... Uh, sorry, a dick swap. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's I'm way more intimate than I thought we were ever going to be. Awkward. But now it's awkward. We finally reached it. I don't know how Iñaki episode twenty four. I don't know how Iñaki is going to feel about no, that. <laughs> no, a lot of comedians do a joke swap, and I've always, I've always thought like if we ever do a joke swap, Ooh. I would like to borrow trucks of dick because I would like to see how I do like my own take. 
it's a very nice exercise. Yes. Like to take someone else's urge, you're not stealing because you have, yeah. you have the permission. But um, you should totally do that. Ha- what would my take be? Because I think it would be a lot more hysterical. My 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 view on the, on the talks of is like, look, officer, <laughs> you, just, like, you don't know the kind of bind I'm in here. Like, there's no time to explain. <laughs> I have to get these dicks in there when, while they're fresh. They have very, very, very terrible shelf life. And I, just, like, I would like to see where I take that joke. I, you know, maybe you have a joke. Uh, you've seen one of my jokes. And like, I like to joke about the, oh, what's it called? The, the thing you're, you're made ass for, and I. A what? The, 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 um, the, that your maid asks for Oh, a, the hikara. A hikara. The hikara. How would you do that joke? I would like, like it would be interesting. Well, I am way more... I, I, I feel that I, I do embarrassment with way more... Like, I get way, way more embarrassed in general about things happening, so... Uh, so I think... You're I, not a shameless. You're a bit more... Yeah. No, exactly. So, like... Uh, I I think the whole thing would be like wait like you you're very you're like even though you're you're in an awkward position you're always very much you're, you're always very outwardly in control of the situation and for me I think it would be the complete opposite it's me going to the store and like trying to like ask for this and just he loathing myself for the person that I am that I am in this position right now and just outwardly showing that like ah is it this i would love to see what you do with that joke but the thing is so anyway so comedy needs comedy needs honesty you need to be honest with you with everything that you do and in order to be honest you need to just fucking know who you are and what you can do and what you can't do and if there's something i can't stand is a comedian that just doesn't have enough self-awareness to know their own uh limitations and their own um their own to know they're not doing comedy because this is one th- I, I've told, told this before like right now the whole bunch of new quote unquote new comedians and the quote unquote isn't comedian and I am a new comedian by the way I am no yes. you're how, how, how long have you been doing this? two years I mean, I a, yeah, yeah, you're maybe a new comedian, but there's no doubt that you are a comedian. You do comedy. You are good at writing comedy. But these people, like, it's their first time going on stage and they're like, and since I wasn't good at my old job, I became a comedian. And this, they say, after five minutes of no jokes. So it's this thing where, like, you cannot, you, you, you don't just become a comedian because you go on stage and grab a microphone. You actually have to understand how joke writing and joke telling works uh but anyway um so that's for, that thing for me is that i think that bad comedians and again there's, there's a difference between someone just not being a comedian and going on stage and wasting everybody's times i'm not i'm not gonna name any names there's no names uh and there's also like bad comedians who are um who go for the low-hanging fruit like for example we're talking about this guy dying like i feel I just saw, uh, can I touch it with the Whitney, the newer, the newer Whitney Cummings hour? Oh, right, yeah. And she was, and she, then I, I heard a podcast with her called Good One, and she's talking about how, like, you know, like, so, so many people are telling her, like, the, the time to talk about feminism and the Me Too movement, it's gone, because, like, it, it, it had a zeitgeist. And if you didn't tweet about it, it's gone. And she said, like, no, because what I what I want to talk about cannot be condensed in 280 characters. I want to do five, ten minutes of that in an actual show. So you see her bit about 
uh, feminism, or even you see like Bill Burr's in Bill Burr's like special when he talks about feminism, yeah. and, and you see something that has way much more thought than just saying blah feminism, blah. Or, yay feminism. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, I mean, for me, bad comedy, bad comedy stays on the surface. You know, it's like, let's just go for the easy joke. Let's just recycle the same concepts over and over and over again, because we are not, we don't, we don't find ourselves I, in a way that comedy is really honest in that they, they're not, uh, they're not comfortable going for deeper material. So they don't go for deeper material and they quite honestly, because it's not that they don't make people laugh. They do. And it's not that they can have like, a full hour of that type of comedy, they do. Uh, it's just that when I see this, I'm, I, I see a comedian who's just not doing good comedy. He's, it's like, um, it's like another version of the same jokes that I've been hearing for a while now. Well, and in the end, we're not expecting someone to just like, oh my God, I've never heard a joke like this before in my of life. Of course, and we're all doing versions of like. But you have to be aware of yourself. You have to be aware of yourself. And I don't think there is an art quite, if, if this is an art at all. But it is. I don't, maybe. I don't, I'm not going to go into the semantics of the thing. But if this is an art, it's definitely like, it's a very honest one. You know when you're doing good. Yeah. The standard is like, even comedians that I don't get, like Franco Escamilla, I do not get him. I do not get his comedy. He's never made me laugh, not once. He's made me chuckle. I've gone, huh, like, ah, uh, yeah. Uh, but he's never, like, I've never had to pause a Franco Escamilla special because to laugh for yeah. five minutes. Yeah. Like, this this has happened to me with Ali Wong, and this has happened to me with Nanette, and this has happened to me with, like, so many specials that I've seen, and I, I'd, like, I have to pause it, and then, like, I need to see this again. And I rewind it, and I rewind it, and I rewind it. It's so good, and you just keep laughing and keep laughing. It's never happened to me. But I have to say, Franco Escamilla is doing it well. There is an objective standard. He is making people laugh. True. That's literally all you need to do. Everything else is just icing on the cake. Is it original or not Bells original? Is it him? Bells and whistles. Yeah. Is it original or is it not original? Who gives a fuck? Like, are you talking about... No, it's about original. Original is such a, like, a weird term sometimes. Like, exactly. but Because even if your joke is, like someone might call it generic, in the end... Uh, you did take the time. No, it's not. It's not. That's not. It's so. What's the word? Consenting. You took the time to write your bad joke. No. Uh, <laughs> I see you keep taking time to do this. Exactly. Like you should. Like ah. Are you sure this is the best use for your time? <laughs> Shouldn't you? Here's the question. Uh, is there a comedian like other than Frank was coming? Yeah, that you find them to be bad comedians, but they're still like. In a way, like, even if they're not super famous, they're, like, well-known, or they have, like, a lot of work, or they have... Like, they don't have to be, like, local comedians. They can be... The, a comedian that I think is a bad comedian, but they still have a following? Or is it Yeah, just... exactly. No. Because I think that if you're making people laugh, you're a good comedian. Okay. Maybe you're not my kind of comedian. I accept the relativity of it all, and I accept how there's different tastes, and comedy is such a weird kind of intangible thing that I can't really say what is comedy, what isn't comedy. When Nanette came out, I know why so many people loved it and why so many people hated it. And I get both sides. I thought it was the most groundbreaking thing I'd seen since I started doing comedy. Yeah. Some people were like, that's not comedy. That's like a one woman show. That's like, what? And fine. In the end, it's like... Keep your terminology. It, 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 exactly. That's fine. That's whatever, fine. whatever. Perfectly respectable. Because I, I do, I at least, I can think of at least two... Kind of well-known Mexican comedians, uh, not going to name any names, who do have kind of falling, especially among comedians. 
and that like comedians, I, comedians. Yeah, which you know, whatever. But but I see them, and and and, and I and like I see them, like people in the open mic laugh at them. Yeah. One of them, I, I took him to a show, and he bombed for ten minutes straight. Um, but like I, I see him, and I, I don't think his comedy is good. Like, yeah, he might make people laugh, but I find that. Again, it is derivative. I think it it doesn't really go anywhere. I think he doesn't he ne- like he doesn't never never really take a stand. And I find that his comedy, like even if it makes people laugh, I find that it's bad comedy. I agree. Um, which uh, who else? Uh, like I'm, I'm trying to think of someone. I don't want to name any any names of like you can bleep it out so that yeah. I can, so that I know who you're talking about. Well, I, yeah. okay. Never a fan. Uh, no, but I love that guy. A lot of people do. I love that guy. I know he's weird. I know he's a and weird. And I'm fine guy with me. weird. I'm friends with other weird people. Yes, I'm friends. Yes, yes with, you're friends with me. I'm but friends. still, no. But, but for example, like I was talking, uh, you know, like Adam Sam Adam Sandler movies. Like, I don't, I don't get them, and I feel like okay, yeah, it's relative or whatever. But I see them, and I'm like, this is bad comedy. And I can see, I have never really seen like an Adam Sandler stand-up comedy special, but like I see what he does in these movies and I'm like, no, like this is this yeah. bad comedy. Well, here's the thing. For example, let's use this guy you mentioned before. I love his comedy. Not Adam Sandler, the guy from before. No. I don't know if I would call him a good comedian because whenever he goes on, I'm like one of two people who are laughing. Now, I am laughing like just ha ha I just I'm just bellowing out with laughter no, he, because he's, the absurdity of his train of thought he's a train of thought comedian and the absurdity of where his logic takes him I think it's just surreal to the point of like kind of it's kind of like this um this cartoonist called uh Joan Cornejà have you seen him He's got this very dark humor. I'm going to show you. No, but you should send He's it to Catalan. me so I can share it. He's on a Catalan. And the social media. A lot of people are like, I don't get it. And I think it's one of the most hilarious things. And I, but I don't know if I would call him a good comedian because if most people are not laughing, then there's something you're doing wrong. But then there's, as you say, there's this thing where the people get called comedians, comedians. It's like, of course, you're never going to make everybody laugh. Yeah, but you have to make most people laugh. That's and the thing the is, job. for example, I, I think I think he's becoming better now. I think he's he's he. It took him a while to, um, but for a while, like on the open mics, he killed. Like maybe because it was mostly comics listening to him, but he killed. Yeah. And then you took him to any show, and it was just story after story after story of he bombed. Like people left. I've heard this about him. Yeah. So, um, so so that's kind of thing. Like if the. I don't know. In a, in a way, uh, this is actually kind of like hitting home, hitting home a little bit because, like, uh, a, a comedian I I, I admire. I hate that I keep bringing him up, but he was actually my 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 ex, uh, was also a really good comedian. Uh, he one time like he was drunk, and it was before we dated, and when I was st- he was still uh, dating a girl, and he told me like, you know, you have this thing where you're never gonna be like a super famous comedian because you only make people that know comedy laugh, and I'm like, thank you, that sounds like really awful. Well, I mean, what what he was maybe this is not me taking his side at all. No, it's but fine. I'm saying, like maybe what he was saying is just like you have to know that stand up comedy in Mexico, especially when you guys started, yeah was really kind of unknown. Like, a lot of people... I've, I've heard a lot of people telling me, I hate stand-up. I hate stand-up. Yeah. Like they will tell me, I hate stand-up. And that is kind of like such a weird thing to say, because that's kind of like saying, I hate painting. 
Yeah. It's like, how can you hate yeah, that, painting? That's There's what so it, many kinds that's of what painting. It, it's like, just, like telling me I hate movies. It's yeah, like, I hate movies. But that's because a lot of comedians will not take their audience into consideration. They will not take their context into consideration. Again, because of honesty. Point. Yeah. Because of honesty. If you take, if you know where you are, if you know in what country you're in, if you know what culture you're in, then you know, you have to know what to work with. You can't just say, well, I'm ahead of my time. Like a lot of the new comedians will go like, oh, they'll find me funny eventually. It's like, yeah, but they have to find you funny now. I mean, if you're, so, going, and, and if you're lot, going on stage now, then you have to be funny and, now. And a lot of times it's like, no, honey, like you're, what you're doing, A, I mean, Experimental comedy has been a thing since the 80s. You're not doing it. Like, a lot of times it's like, you're not doing... Even, maybe even before that. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, when, like, Samuel Beckett was doing Godot. And a lot of people were like, that's not funny. A lot of people were like, is it, is it comedy? Is it Point. tragedy? Is it dramedy? Is it blah, 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 Point. blah, blah? And everyone was just so, like, what, what do we do with this? So, uh, just to, like, one <laughs> last question. Yeah. Um, what, what would be... What is, what is the thing you're most afraid of, like, in your own comedy? Like, where are your places where you're afraid of that it'll turn into bad comedy? Um, well, that would be... Okay, first of all, because ever since I started, I knew that I wanted to talk about real things. Like, re I, my best... I think my best uh, bits, the, the ones that have become more refined in the last year or so are the ones where I talk about this thing happened to me and this is like my, my best bit right now I think is when I when I talk this is what it's like being the son the son of immigrants in Mexico this is what it feels like this is uh, the way people treat you this is the way people look at you and what I'm afraid of is that at some point I'm going to be saying something so honest and people will not get it and I'll be like how am I going to How am I going to convince people that this is real? Because I don't know, like not making the translation. Get it? Not, not no, get, yeah, not yeah, yeah. The point across. Where, 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 you, where you? I mean, this is the way I'm feeling you right now, which is, it's like you, you know what you want to say, but you don't know how to relay this to the audience. And being a comedian is so much about being able to relay this to the no, audience. And it has to work. In the end, it just has to work. It's either it, it it's either happening or it isn't. There is no middle ground. There is no half-baked comedy. I think that's kind of the thing, like, the thing with me is that it's that I've... I have a lot of people cheering me on, which I appreciate a lot, but sometimes the feedback is, oh, just, they just don't get you. And, like, my answer to that is... But they have to get it. They have to. Like, I have to see how the hell they're going to get it. Like, I have to make them get it. Yes. So That's I, your job. I, I feel that a lot of, a lot of what my, my fear is becoming this kind of asshole comedian who's like, oh, well, you don't get it. Well, it's your problem. That's. I don't get it. Yeah. That, that, yeah. Becoming that guy. Nobody wants to become that guy. But in the end, I think that's what I learned from being a teacher. Like, if the students don't get the lesson, You can't, and, and the, the, I don't know, the dean or the director of the, of the, uh, bachelor or whatever it is, uh, the authority, the coordinator comes up to you and says, your students are not passing their tests. Your students are not getting these concepts that they need to get. You can't turn around and say, that's because they're stupid. As a teacher, there is no way you can get away with that. You can't do that. If your students are there, it's your job to make them get it. It doesn't matter what it takes. You have to make them understand. So when I have students come in that know nothing about sociolinguistics, I need to have these, like, in a semester, I need to have maybe, like, 
four or five concepts that I need them to get. Everything else is icing on the cake. Everything else they can do without, maybe they'll get it later when they read a book, or maybe they will, they'll never get it. Or they'll get it like I did years after graduating, when you're reading an article and go, oh, I get it now. But there are these four or five points that I need them to get by the end of the semester. If they don't get it, then that's on me. I didn't do it. So I approach stand-up the way I approach teaching, which is I have the, the information, I have the thing, and I have to make this thing transfer to these people. And if, I'm, if I can't get that across, that's my greatest fear. It's just, I'm, it means you're losing touch as a teacher and as a comedian. And I know so many teachers who will just sit back and they'll just go, my students are idiots. Students are becoming dumber. Students are becoming weird. They don't get it anymore. These dumb millennials. These dumb millennials. And Which aren't, they're not even millennials anymore. And they're not dumb either. There's never been a smarter generation than the, the millennial generation, which is a university right now. Like, And the post-millennials, they're even smarter. Like, objectively, yeah. academically, they're smarter. They know things that we didn't know back then. So... Yeah. For a teacher to sit down and say, students are becoming more stupid, you're like, oh my God, you've lost it. Whatever magic was there, and I think that teaching is magic. I, yeah. like, I think teaching is even better than stand-up. I'm sorry, but it's true. Um, teaching and proper teaching and the good teaching that really just transforms people and you get you can see people changing, the, like not changing, but understanding at a, at a different level. And It's so magical that when you see a teacher going, oh, they're just stupid, they just don't get it. Yeah. You know that if there was any magic there, they've lost it. And I want to be that guy. I want to be the guy that loses it. Well, I, honestly, I don't, I, I, I don't feel like I, I could add any more here. But I do want to say that I, have the, like, I don't teach, so my passion is... One of the passions is stand-up, but I feel the same when stand-up. And I tell people, like, if you... Because, like, before I show them, they're like, oh, I'm so nervous. You probably don't get nervous anymore. I'm like, no, I do. Yes. But you have to understand that the nerves come from you wanting to make people laugh. Yes. So you, so you control the nerves by learning how to make people laugh. So you go on stage and you're nervous because you want to give a good show. And you make people laugh by being honest. And, Yeah, or whatever. But I would say it's like the point is once you're on stage and people are laughing, the nerves, they go away because you are doing your job right. Yeah. In the case of a teacher, you're making people understand. A big comedian, you're making them laugh and whatever. So same thing. Like when that is gone, when the comedian goes on stage, we're like, oh, the audience is stupid, whatever. When they lose that magic and sometimes when they go on stage without that magic, when they just go on stage going rawr. I, like I am a genius and people don't get me you know that's that's really sad and it's also sad when they will look at like when they will look at you and you, you're just trying to do your best and they'll like try to make you feel sorry for them like I'll get it, it's such a I didn't expect this to happen to me because I, I felt like a baby I still feel like a baby like when it comes to stand up um <clears throat> And I think that's a good thing, by the way. I think it's good that I feel like a baby because it just means that I know that I still have so much to learn. So when yeah. I'll watch a comedian like I don't get, like, for example, if I watch Franco Scamilla or if I watch, for example, I didn't get Theo Robert for a while. And then one time I got a sh I, I caught a show in Querétaro. Like I was with my sister. She lives in Querétaro. And she was like, do you know if there's any stand up? And I'm like, there's like a popular. Let's see who's in, who's, who's there this weekend. And it was Theo Robert. And I was like, oh, Theo Robert. Okay, fine. Let's go watch him. And I, I, I pissed myself laughing. I thought he was great that day. And I was like, okay, not only that, but I'm learning from this guy. Like, yeah. this guy is doing something, and I get to learn from him, and I get to learn from you, and I get to learn from all these people. And then I didn't expect people to treat me 
like I'm some kind of, and this is, I'm, I'm not, I'm not uh, humble bragging. This is no humble brag at all. And anyone who knows me will know that this is not humble brag. But I did not expect people to treat me like this weird prodigy that they just go like, oh, but it's easy for you. You know, you, you can do it. It's like, oh, you know, you, you're here at the, at the open mic. Now I've got one place less. Like, how do you do it? And the, yesterday a guy approached me and was like, do you teach stand-up? I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I can barely do it. I can barely do... No, not like... I Barely as in... I've just started to learn how okay. to do it. Okay. In the academic uh, scenario, if I just learned a concept, it's ridiculous that I would then turn around and teach a masterclass about it. Point. Um, although I do love uh, workshopping jokes with you. You have... I mean, but here's the thing. You're... you're you're a smart person, so like you, ha you have good ideas, you have funny ideas, uh, but what? But uh, other than keeping on uh, butting you up, uh, it's not that. That's the thing. It's just you know how hard it is. It is. It is. But I mean, what what I was gonna say right now uh, before I completely lost my point. Um, oh yeah, uh, a uh, Tio Robert kind of gave me the idea to lengthen the. Trucks filled with dicks joke. Okay, like, right. I had just the beginning. And Tio Robert told me, like, you, that's not the joke. You, you have the, to take it as, you know, yeah. as far as it can go. And so thank you, Tio Robert, because he is an, ama he is an amazing person. He like, is a great comedian. He's a, he's a great comedy writer. I mean, he's a great stand-up comedian. Uh, but he just, as a comedian in general, he is... I mean, he is really, 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 really he's good. He's a professional. He's, yeah, he's very good. Uh, and... Also, um, I'm kind of trying... I, I don't know why I'm trying to uh, have a, a conclusion to the whole thing. thing the thing is, um, I think the, the mark of a good comedian is this, is that you're always thinking, how can I make... What's the next thing? You're not, you, never, you never become satisfied. Like, your jokes, even the ones that work, you're like, okay, this joke works, but, you know, it's kind of lived its life. I wrote it, it gave, it gave me laughs, and now I'm bored. Even if it's still a good joke, I could still tell it, it could still get me laughs, but I want to go on to the next thing, or I want to, I want, I know there's a better laugh beyond this joke. And bad comedians will call them that, uh, they get like one joke with one tiny laugh, and they will hang on to that tooth and nail, because they don't have this thing, this thing that I think makes a good comedian, which is, looking for the next laugh and with the idea that with the thing that you know that you you might have to f eat a lot of shit before you find it yes <laughs> that's it i don't think there's anything else yeah, to say exactly so if you like recommend this comedians that's all i could say follow us on social media wait you should tell me a bat joke let's end this with a bat joke like a comedian that's telling a joke that you hate and why do you hate it Okay, uh, a bad joke. Yeah. Um, I mean, where to start? Where to start? Because uh, I do this workshop, and like so many of those jokes are well, quote unquote. Tell us a bad joke jokes. and why it's bad. Because you 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 work. Okay, there's this guy who starts his set saying that he got a like a uh, like plastic surgery on his butt because he thought that having a better butt would get him like jobs and stuff so he gets the butt gets the butt job bad job and that he gets the job to get the job yeah exactly okay. and so he goes to the so he so then he has like a job interview and the interview is with a woman and the woman 
looks at his butt, but that doesn't really bother him or he doesn't react to the whole thing. The joke becomes this thing about how in the interview he had to do like work on Excel in the computer, but Excel wasn't working and the, and the keys on the keyboard were faded, which was a true, which, which did in fact happen. But at this point it's like, I don't know what you're saying. Like you start with this thing and then at the end he ends up like, he comes back to the butt thing saying that, uh, he tried dancing, like, to get the job, like, you know, like a sexy dance. And he tried doing a sexy dance, which did not in any way. It's a kind of sexy dance that just makes you think, maybe am I, I'm asexual, you know? <coughs> yes. Um, and that was, that was that type of thing. It, it, it had no point. It went everywhere and nowhere at all at the same time. I was, I lost, I've lost so much of my life to that joke because he's brought it to the workshop like five times. And if you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. A joke that I don't like, and this is like a branch of jokes that I don't like, is the self-deprecation of the fat people. I just... And I have a fat joke myself. I'm gonna... I'm, I'm living in a glass house here because I do have a fat joke of how uh, when you're gay, being like... It's easier to count as fat when you're not really fat and so yeah. on. I like to think my joke isn't really about being fat and more about people having these different standards, different body standards. I, yeah, because that's very much a joke about um, about the standards of the gay community when it yes. comes to uh, body image. Yes. But, like, having, you know, we live in a fairly fat country, so a fair number of the people who go on stage will be fat. And they have, they seem to be ha- having this obligation of, I have to tell you t- for 10 minutes how I'm so fat that blah, 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 blah. And I'm so fat that blah, 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 blah. And, and it, and it, and it kind of boils down to like, you, like, so it's like, I can't see my dick. I, I, I lose my breath all the time. I'm I short of breath, breath all the time. And it's just like, I don't know how, like, how, what, what kind of approval you need from the audience when you're, the audience is already like, here's the thing. A lot of comedy teachers say you have to start by putting you down a little so you can then put down others. And, and, and what I've told people is like, yeah, but it's just a little, a little. Yes, exactly. And also if you're fat, fat doesn't have to be your negative. Like you could be, you, you like you could be a narcissist. You could be, uh, really greedy. You could be, yeah. uh, you, to the <coughs> point of being Mr. You know, like you could yeah. be, uh, whatever. You could be too vain and whatever. You don't have to be like, I'm so fat, so fat. Yeah, because I, I get what you're, you know, who does an, an amazing turnaround on that? Uh, Nicole Byer, the host of Nailed It. Oh, she yes. has this half an hour on the comedians of the world and yes. Netflix. She's, yes. she, she's, I loved her. I love her. She's so her. good. And she, I, and, and I love that she's so, I mean, big, but bo- both physically and metaphorically large. large she she goes on stage yeah. and she's this thing. I'm not, not only I'm not going to make myself smaller for you people. I am going to be like the thing. I'm going to consume everything and I'm going to make it pink. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, uh, that, that, that's bad jokes. Okay. That's bad jokes. So anyway, yes, follow us on social media, Mexicans Pod on uh, Twitter and Facebook. You can follow Luis Augusto at Mr. Drama, both in Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Both three of them, yes. Yeah, uh, and them, yes. you can find you can find Martin Leon. You can just like Google Martin Leon and you'll find him. But it's also at Mint Honorel. Yes. Thank you for listening. Thank you for stopping by. 
Love you. Goodbye. <laughs>